Welcome back to the Mercy Came Running Podcast. If you're here for the first time, welcome. If you're a frequent listener, welcome back. As a reminder, we publish podcasts here every Monday morning as an encouragement to start your week, as a pick-me-up in the middle of the week, or to reflect on the week gone by. Let's get into today's scripture. Discouragement is a fact of life. There comes a time in our lives when when we get discouraged, no, no matter how hard we try to avoid it. And the thing about it is that, is that no one's immune to it. Everyone at some point in their lives becomes discouraged in the things that they do. Now, when discouragement comes, we have two choices we can make. Either we can give up or we can work through it. Either we can give up and pers- or we can persevere and see how God can use discouragement in our lives to make us stronger in our walk with him. That's precisely where the Israelites found themselves. And maybe that's precisely the, the place that you find yourself today. Maybe you're listening to this today and say, you know, Joel, I am discouraged. You don't know what's been going on in my life, but I'm discouraged. I, things have happened at, at work. Things have happened in my personal life. Things have happened in different things and different times in my life, in my life this week. And I'm discouraged and I want to give up. And you see, that's where the Israelites were in the passages we're going to look at today. We're going to look at a passage from Ezra first, and then we're going to look at a passage from Haggai. And I can almost guarantee you, you probably haven't heard very many sermons or teachings from Haggai, but we're going to look at some verses today. But that's exactly where the Israelites found themselves. The book of Haggai is a, it's a short book, and as I said, I would dare say that we haven't heard very many sermons or, or teachings from it, but there is, however, some great truths that we can learn from this small book. Haggai only has two chapters, but in these two chapters, God gives us a word for overcoming discouragement. See, we need to, we also need to get the background of what's going on here. The northern kingdom of Israel was taken into captivity by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. The southern kingdom was taken into captivity by the Babylonians in 586 B.C. And there came a time when God was going to allow them to go back and to repopulate their land. They were going to go back and rebuild their walls, and they were going to go back and restore the temple. The exile for the Israelites was never meant to be permanent. You see, when God puts us in exile, when, when he puts us in, in things that, that we don't understand and puts us in places that we don't understand, it's never meant to be permanent. And the exile for the, for the Israelites was always redemptive in purpose. God always uses uh, exile like that. He uses things like that to, to redeem us, to, to bring us back to him. And the exile for the Israelites in the Old Testament when the Babylonians came in and took them away, was always meant to be redemptive in purpose. purpose. And there was always the opportunity that the Israelites were going to go back to their land and repopulate. See, there was going to come a time when God was going to allow them to go back, rebuild their walls, and restore their temple. It was never meant to be permanent. But it was used by God to turn his people's hearts back towards him. Nehemiah would be the one to to go back and and, uh, rebuild the walls. And 
A man named Zerubbabel would be the one to oversee the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. These were monumental and important tasks that needed to be done. The walls around Jerusalem represented security. And the temple was the dwelling place of God. And without these two pillars, the community would not continue to stand. One of the problems uh, that faced the remnant who returned was that the first contingent was small in number. In the almost 70 years that they were held captive in Babylon, people had grown accustomed to being there. In time, the, the Babylonians had allowed them to rebuild their houses, to raise families and establish businesses. Why in the world would you want to go back to a land that was lying in ruins, knowing that you were going to have to work hard to build it back up to where it was? You're making a good income now in Babylon. Why would you ever want to go back? Those that did go back, well, they were met with the monumental task of rebuilding the walls in the temple. And I want us to catch a, a really good glimpse of what's going on here, the background of what's going on here. So we're going to first look in Ezra. We're going to look in the book of Ezra, and we're going to start in chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3, and we're going to start reading in verse 8. And it says, in the second month of the second year, after they arrived at God's house in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, and Yeshua, the son of Jehozadak, and the rest of their brothers, including the priests and the Levites, all who had returned to Jerusalem from the captivity, began to build. They began to build, and it began with excitement. They went back, and they were back in their land. They were back in their homeland. They were back in the promised land that God had given them years and years before. And they began to, to build with excitement. It was a great beginning to a task that they knew was led by God himself. But no sooner had they finished the foundation when opposition came calling. Verse 12 says, But many of the older priests, Levites, and family leaders who had seen the temple wept loudly when they saw the foundation of this house. But many others shouted joyfully. The people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shouting from that of the weeping because the people were shouting so loudly and the sound was heard far away. So here's this great multitude of people. They were, they were shouting and weeping because the temple and the walls were being rebuilt and they were happy and they were ecstatic about what was going on. But that was just the beginning of the troubles. Chapter 4, verse 1. It says, when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple for Yahweh, the God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the leaders of the families and said to them, let us build with you. And Zerubbabel said, no, you cannot rebuild with us. Zerubbabel says in verse 3, he says, you may have no part with us in building the house for our God, since we alone must build it for Yahweh, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us to do. And they began to, the enemies of Israel began to discourage the people. They began to um, discourage the people from rebuilding. And down in verse 23, the scriptures say, 
As soon as the text of the King Artaxerxes' letter was read to Rehum, Shimshai the scribe, and their colleagues, they immediately went to the Jews in Jerusalem and forcibly stopped them. You see, they were stopped from rebuilding. Because what happened was the, the enemies of, of Israel had told Artaxerxes that, that once the Israelites rebuilt their temple and they all moved back, they were going to stop paying taxes. <laughs> so that's what it all came down to. It all came down to money. And the enemies of Israel discouraged them from building. They said, you can't do this anymore. And the people got discouraged. And then in verse chapter 5 and verse 1, God begins to raise them up again. He begins to speak to Haggai and Zechariah. And he tells the people to get back to work. It says, but when the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Iddo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, son of Jehozadak, began to rebuild God's house in Jerusalem. The prophets told them, you've got to get back to the work. This is what God has called us to do. This is where he's placed us for this time and for this purpose, and we've got to get back to the task. I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't know where God has placed you. But I can tell you this. That if you're following the God, God's will, if you're following his direction, you're not in the wrong place. And you don't have to be discouraged. Because God is directing you. And what he's telling us is that we need to get back to the work. We need to focus our our not on our circumstances, because our circumstances depress us. Our circumstances sometimes um, make us want to quit. But we focus on the task that God has given us for this time and for this season. You see, the people had been discouraged. But now God, through the prophets, had encouraged the people once again to get back to the task that he had called them to do. And I often wonder, what would have happened had they not gone back to the task? What would have happened if they had not allowed God to begin to work in them again? What would have happened if they had let discouragement reign? Well, we're going to find that in Haggai. We're going to find that in the first few verses of, of chapter 1 of Haggai. And Haggai is going to tell us exactly what would have happened if they had not gotten back to the work. Because there are, there are things that happen in our lives when we don't deal with discouragement. When we don't deal with those times of discouragement in our lives, there are certain things that can happen if we let discouragement have its way with us. And the first thing is this, is that we take a who cares attitude. When we don't deal with discouragement in our lives, we take a who cares attitude. Now we're looking back again in Haggai chapter 1. And verse 1, it says, In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and, the son, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And the Lord of hosts says this, These people say the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. See, the people were saying, What does it matter 
It's not time for that. When God has specifically told them that it was time. See, discouragement in their lives had 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 caused them to, to develop a who cares attitude or a what's the use attitude. And they were telling God, it's not time to rebuild. Don't you see all this opposition around us? <laughs> and God began to tell them, this is the time. This is what I le- I've led you here to do. Get back to the work. You see, when we don't deal with discouragement in our lives, it can take on a who cares attitude in our lives. In other words, we don't care if we leave things unfinished. You see, the people were saying it's not time for us to rebuild. It's not time for us to finish what God had, had led us to begin. At that time, they couldn't have cared less if the, if the temple had been rebuilt or not. What had started out as a noble project led by the Spirit of God had now been laid to rest. Out of sight, out of mind. When opposition began to, to mount, they, they, they may have asked themselves if God was really in it. They may have questioned the movement of God in the process. I know there have been times in my life when, when I've questioned, God, is this really you? Are you really leading me to do this? Are you really leading me in this direction? And I know you probably have too. You may be in your life right now in whatever situation you're in right now saying, is this really where God wants me to be? And I can tell you for certain that if you're following God's direction, if you're following God's will in your life, that you can never be in the wrong place. If you're following God's direction, you're never in the wrong place, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of how hard you think it is, regardless of how much discouragement is trying to settle into your life, you're not in the wrong place. Get back to the work. Get back to the focus of why God has you where he has you for this season in your life. He may change it down the road. But if this is where God has placed you in this season of your life, stay with it. Stick with it. And make sure you don't give discouragement a foothold. You see, we're all going to get discouraged along the way. Sure, we're we're going to be rejected along the way. But there's nothing more satisfying than being right smack in the middle of God's will, doing what God has instructed you to do. Stay strong. You see, the second thing is, when we let discouragement take hold in our lives, we find life unfulfilling. Listen to what he says in verse 3. The word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet, Is it uh, time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now the Lord of hosts says this, Think carefully about your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but you never have enough to become drunk. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that life is just seeming to be unfulfilling? That the more money you make, the more money goes out. 
that you never seem to have a, enough, that you never can seem to catch a break, that life is just unfulfilling. That's what happens when we let discouragement reign. But when we find ourselves focused on what God has called us to do, we find ourselves with a contentment. Yeah, it may be on the backside of nowhere, as Moses found himself on the backside of nowhere, feeding someone else's cattle, watching, tending someone else's flock. But if you're in the middle of God's will, as I said earlier, you can never be in the wrong place. And that's where we find fulfillment in life. That's where we find fulfillment in life. When discouragement sets in, fight it by finding contentment in where God has placed you. Keeping our focus on what he's called us to do every moment of our lives. And see, the last thing is this. When we let discouragement reign in our lives, we develop a who cares attitude. We find life unfulfilling and then we miss out on God's blessings. Look at what he says in verse 7. It says, the Lord's host says this. Think carefully about your ways. Go up into the hills, bring down lumber and build the house, and then I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You expected much, but then it amounted to little. When you brought the harvest to your house, I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts, because my house still lies in ruins while each of you is busy with his own house. You see, when we when we find discouragement in our lives and when we when we lose focus of what of, of what God has called us to do, then we miss out on the blessings that God wants for us when, when we finish the tasks that he's called us to do. God blesses us when we finish those tasks, when we keep our mind on the work, when we keep our focus on what he's called us to do and where he's called us to do it. God desires to bless his people. But sometimes he withholds those blessings when we're not committed to the task. Don't allow discouragement to reign in your life. Because when we do, we miss out on the blessings of God. See, one thing we need to understand is that discouragement can strike at any time and in any fashion. We must always be on our guard. And I want to close our podcast today by with some encouragement that Paul gave us in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Because no matter where you are in your life, no matter what season of life you're in, I hope you can find encouragement in this verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be encouraged, friends, and don't let discouragement reign in your life. We'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining me on the Mercy Came Running podcast. It's my hope that it continues to be a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you enjoy what you hear each week, share it out to your friends and family who could also benefit from hearing an encouraging word. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.